And just like Michael Myers, I can turn up in a bush anywhere, so... Uh... Hello and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, the podcast that at 16 still has fewer episodes than the Amityville franchise has sequels. Wee. Joining me as always is the man that puts the whore in horror, it's Sean Berwick. That was not the intro we agreed to, you That is not what we a... planned. Oh, I like hello, Ian. Uh, it's fine. Hi. You don't even get an intro. Um, and the man that, like any good horror film, has to return for just one more instalment. It's Albert Hogan. You just Yay. can't get rid of me. You really can't. I'm just going to haunt you for the rest of your career as podcasters. It's true. We tried drowning him, hanging him, stabbing him, burning him. I mean, I, I woke up this morning dreaming of you outside a cathedral with just a spike through you. Um, but clearly that didn't do it either. <laughs> you on those Disney dream agains, are you? Yeah, par- whoa, steady. So we couldn't quite bring ourselves to get rid of Albert without a proper, proper wrap-up episode of everything that we've, um, everything that we kind of watched in October. It, it might be that, it might not be about you, Albert, it might just be we can't let go of Halloween, because as soon as you let go of Halloween, it's Christmas, and I'm not ready for that. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, although I'm totally ready to do Christmas movies now, so let's let's wrap up and move on. I genuinely think that December is going to be dedicated to Christmas movies, i.e. Die Hard. Oh yeah, like the franchise. Yes, one hundred percent. I asked Alexa today what her favorite Christmas film was, and she said it was a tie between *It's a Wonderful Life* and *Die Hard*. <laughs> Matt, Alexa's just trolling every single day, isn't she? Like whoever's writing for Alexa is really doing—they're doing a stand-up job. Cool. So before we, di- this isn't right. Okay, so this isn't the like end-of-season episode that is just flashbacks because we ran out of funds. This is a proper proper <laughs> review, and we're gonna we're gonna rank all of. It's not Shades of Grey from. Um, season 2 of TNG it's going to be much better than that um, it's going to be a lot more beardy as well um, so what we're going to do is we're going to actually rank all of the films that we watched over the course of the month um, and then we're going to kind of talk about say kind of probably um, talk about who the best I guess most intimidating big bad is um, or who you wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley or who you think would win in a fight it's like yeah my dad's stronger than yours um, I guess my dad in this would be Michael Myers, and I think Albert's dad might be the o- Damien. <laughs> bit weird. Sean's the ha- weird. Sean's is the house in Amityville. Yeah, literally just that. Actually, oh, no. well, I definitely wouldn't want to go near that house. Not because I'm scared of it in any way. It's just because I would be afraid it would bore me to death. Yeah, it's a fixer-upper, isn't it? The movie and the house. <laughs> Although, my... God, God loves a trier when it comes to trying to get it right with the Amityville series because they just keep trying. Well, statistically, one of the films is going to be good. 25, I think, films at this point. I I googled it and it said 16, which is why my joke works. But yeah, I'm (laughs) sure there's... But I don't know if that was counting the offshoots that are basically Amityville adjacent. So it's like in the next town over. Oh, yeah, I, I drove through Amityville and then I had an accident and that's what the film is based on. Yeah, is, like, is essentially half the season. Amityville, the 13th Halloween Christmas. <laughs> nice, nice. Right, so um, before we dive into that, let's have some news. News team, assemble!
right. Well, I have news. Go um, for it. I learned how to tie my shoelaces. No, uh, so the the film that we just couldn't fit into the month in terms of scheduling, Hellraiser, is actually the one featuring in the news today. Uh, Clive Barker, who wrote the original novella that the Hellraiser franchise uh, is inspired by, The Hellbound Heart, um, since... I want to say Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, he has walked away from the franchise because he had the, the good sense to go, wow, these films are shit. Um, <laughs> How many are there all together? I want to say 10. I'd say I'm obsessed with this. How like Horror franchises that have uh, double-digit sequels just baffles me, and yet I couldn't get back to the future 4. Like, it just... Because oh! <laughs> <laughs> they're cheap to make, that's why. Well, that's exactly it. You can spend 10 bob and you make a million pound return, don't you? And believe me, some of them look like they spent 10 bob. Oh, um, brilliant. Oh, yeah. Although Adam Scott from Parks and Rec and all that, he got his start in, like, Hellraiser 4? Um, yeah, but... You know, some, it, was, like, it was kind of like, oh, yeah. look, I got a career out of it. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those funny yeah. ones. Uh, and uh, Terry Farrell, Dax, is the star of Hellraiser 3. Get out of town. Absolutely. Yeah, that horror doesn't make films. it good. It seems to be, it's but... either horror films or soaps, isn't it? Because we know... Yes. Um, Mich- is it Michelle DeBoer? Um, is it Michelle? Nicole DeBoer. Esri. Nicole. Nicole DeBoer, sorry. She um, got her start in the cube. Are you even a Trekkie? That's interesting. Shut up. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was telling you some news. Uh, yeah, so sorry. Yeah, after, you know... Oh, Jesus, it must be 30 years now or something, because both of those first two Hellraiser films were in the 80s. Um... He had walked away with the franchise. Anyway, he's back. They're doing a TV... HBO are doing a TV series based on Hellraiser and his collection, The Books of Blood, which are kind of what they sound like. Uh, David Gordon Green is going to be directing a few episodes. He directed the 2018 Halloween uh, sequel slash reboot slash saving the franchise. So I think Hellraiser... um, like well, you'll see once once you get around to watching it. But it's it's one of those things. It'd be very very easy now to take that formula and make a a very kind of dark gothic film out of it. Uh, I think the biggest problem with the original is just they had no money, and it looks like they had no money. But it's a good idea. Yeah, that's fair. So it's like they haven't they couldn't really do anything too clever with it. Um, Not really, because there's, there's plenty of films that don't have the big budget but still manage to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it sounds like this just wasn't one of them. But the series feels like it, this is the equivalent of bring it back to Star Trek again. Um, Nicholas Meyer coming back to do to do whatever he did when he came back. I can't remember. He, he did the un- came back to do the undiscovered country. So he did. Yeah. This feels like it's returning to its roots a bit and actually has a chance of being half de- half decent. I think so. I think so. I think Clive. Bar- it would be very interesting now to see what Clive Barker in twenty twenty one would be like because um, Clive Barker in the eighties was. I only have learned this through history, but was very much of the time. Like, there's a lot of sadomasochism. There's a lot of kind of leather. It's kink as well as slasher kind of gore horror. But it's like, it's a film, again, uh, sounds silly saying it, but it wouldn't have got made in the 90s. Not the first one, I mean. It wouldn't have got made in the 90s and it has no place in the 70s. It is very much a child of the 80s. But that, that stuff feels like it's coming back. Like if yeah. you look at American Horror Story, that is just kink and leather the TV show, isn't it? Well, actually, yeah, to be honest, that, that Rubber Man 
would yeah. not be a million miles off um, Hellraiser. Um, Hellraiser is slightly more extreme. We'll watch it this weekend or something. Be grand. Yeah, we need to do that. So, what is this series roughly based on story wise? I I don't think even that's been decided yet. So all we oh, know right, so far is it's going to be multiple episodes. It'll be set in a bit like, as far as I can tell, a bit like Castle Rock is set in the Stephen King universe. This will oh, okay, be set cool. in the Clive Barker universe. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, like I think could could be good. Could be good. Could be terrible. But it doesn't have yeah, that this comes with off. that's basically the options <laughs> yeah. it, it, it won't be uh, challenging any um amazing theatrical offerings let's put it that way no yeah but hbo usually get it right don't they so you've got to hope if they're putting their monies behind it then it's going to be good yeah Maybe they're having like, a pretty good yeah. um, rec- track record aren't they it's not hello netflix you're greenlit um they seem to be quite <laughs> a little bit more selective love it well, I mean, we couldn't really do the news without the, the other big thing that happened this week, and that is the passing of Sean Connery. Um, yeah, it's 90 years old. He had a good run of it, didn't he? Good inning, yeah. And th- this man has made some movies, to say the least. Um, I haven't actually counted, but there's fucking tons of them. Um, seems like he dropped off kind of um, after 2012-ish, but to be fair, at that point he was still he was 82, so I think that's fair. We can we can give him a pass. It's a good time to go to pasture, I think. Definitely. So, what do you guys know Sean Connery for? Because I know you're not big Bond fans, or you haven't really seen much Bond. Uh, Am I right in saying? Yeah, I'll be. So for me, it's Indiana Jones. That's what I most remember him for. Oh, it could be the same. To be honest, really, yeah. like I've seen, uh, I've probably seen all of his Bond films over the course of my life, but I could only, I only remember, I think, Goldfinger and bits of Doctor No. Uh, yeah. Bond was never really a thing in our house, um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know, I because, but I have the image of him now as, you know, Doctor Jones. Yeah, I compartmentalize him into three kind of pictures there's Dr. No Sean Connery there's Indiana Jones Sean Connery and then there's Entrapment Sean Connery <laughs> oh yeah because I feel like that's his three different appearances like one of those three is basically the character that he's playing in any of his films um, yeah, for, so me, yeah I, I, for me it's Indiana Jones Sean Connery Highlander Sean Connery and um, Hunt for Red October Sean Connery they're the three that stick out for me oh of course yeah. How did I forget that one? Yeah, of course. Oh, the Highlander's great. huge. So, yeah, I was talking about Hunter Red October, but that one too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the... And of course, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I wouldn't be a terrible human being if I didn't get a dig in about that. Oh, but I like that. Am I on an island? I like that film. I think I'm in a dinghy adjacent to your island. Okay. It's not a good right. film, but I'd stick it on. No, I like that film. I, I think it's got some merit. Um, I think it was a bit... It, it was, I would say, five years too soon. Uh, it came out in 2003. I reckon if that came out in 2008, 2010, around the Marvel time, I think it would have done a bit better. Um, but again, it did a team-up movie before it did anything solo. Um, but I really liked it. My actual, my favourite Sean Connery um, performance is, and I'll give you points if you've even heard of this film, Outland. Is that the yes. one where he's wearing the red thing? Sorry? Is that the one where he's wearing the red thing? That picture that's been doing the rounds all weekend? No, no. Oh, my God, no. That's that's hideous. That's from 
I think that's from the 70s or 80s. No, Outland is it's a 1981 film. It's Sean Connery, it's Space Sheriff Sean Connery with a shotgun on basically an Event Horizon style spaceship. Uh, he's on a space station. He's the only law in town. Um, shit goes down seriously. I won't say anything else, but of his back catalogue, go out and watch Outland. I fucking love that film. Isn't it basically like a sci fi version of High Noon? If I remember uh, right. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, I always find it funny to see Sean Connery in something sci-fi because he's so like, kind of gritty and, I wouldn't say down-to-earth, but not techy. To see him on a space station using, like, touchscreens and shit, I was like, you were, you're not, you don't know what you're punching, do you? You've just been told to poke that screen and then things will happen. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of it here now, actually. It looks cool. I mean, like, sorry, design-wise, oh, it's cool as fuck. it looks cool. Yeah, it's, that is a film that... They they did like a lot of universe building for that. Um, there's a lot of context around like my. It kind of reminds me a bit of like the the uh, the belters on the expanse. It's a mm. similar sort of thing to that, um, but it is it's a quality film with a good little mystery um, and a satisfying ending. Wayo, um, so yeah, Wayo, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm getting um, just looking at some of the stills from the film here. It's reminded me. I presume deliberately. I think it's 1981. I'm getting strong alien. Oh yeah, it's from it's, the look of it. It is aliens as fuck. Apart from there's no aliens in it at all. Um, but the the world building it could easily be set in the alien universe. Um, mm. Like the, there's a big bad company, Ala. Um, what's it called? What's the one in Aliens? Wayland Utani. Wayland Utani. That's it. There's a very similar. I think it's Conam or something very similar kind of business um yeah so rest in peace mr connery thank you for the films um and thank you personally for outland love it childhood memories right guys are we ready for some furious ranking yeah Yeah. cool so as a nice little you know we weren't happy with albert's exit a couple weeks ago Uh, last week sorry we just released way too many episodes last week um so we are going to because we we've got a whole month without ranking a single thing um that's what we're going to do for all of the films that we hit for the month of october um so what's bottom and why is it amityville um for me <laughs> can we just agree this one's gonna like, be a very short one. Oh damn uh, it was just oh actually mm, amityville or friday the 13th amityville. Am- uh, right amityville amityville definitely but you amityville. get why i'm asking um, i do yeah. yeah definitely um especially me because you both know i really didn't yeah. enjoy that film i think amityville was just lazy and full of plot holes and you know, just leave the house. That seems to have been the solution to it. Whereas at least Friday had some creativity to it. And if you remember when I watched it, there was some surprises in there for me because I hadn't seen it before. So I think it was probably a more clever film than Amishville. So for me, I, I definitely think Amishville's at the bottom by a long, long, long way. <laughs> long, 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 long way. So, as much as I have my issues with Friday the Thirteenth, um, did I? No, wait. What did I? No, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. But I was thinking of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Sorry. Right. The problems that I have with Friday the Thirteenth. It's. Oh man, now I don't know because I thought you meant Nightmare on Elm Street. So, no, I. It's still Amityville because. But I don't know why. I think Amityville is because slightly it's more shit, boring. Ian. It's shit. No, I know it's shit. But so is Friday the Thirteenth. Like they're both 
boring films. Maybe it's because yeah. Friday the 13th is shorter, so you kind of get through yes. it a bit more quickly. Actually, I'm sorry, I, I passionately agree with you. Amityville is two hours. I am not getting back. It feels like three. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, Friday the 13th has a pretty cool ending. Yes, it does. Whereas Amityville, yeah. I mean, that saves it for me. I mean, that ending. Exactly. That that was my biggest jump scare of any film we watched. And Rightfully so. Saw me leap out of my chair when that happened. So I think that that <laughs> deserves some kudos. I was waiting for it because it is like on Golden Pond. It's just like really picturesque, and then bam, swamp monster thing. Albert shits his pants. <laughs> Cost costume <laughs> change, please. So that's fair. Okay, well we've accidentally done our bottom two. So amateur, I don't even want to talk. What? It's so boring. It's just it's it so was, boring. It was. I think it was a considering that there's you know a million Amityville and Amityville adjacent, and it's just because it's such an enduring that image of the house, the story. We're just kind yeah, of assumed, I think, reason. that it had to be a good film. It had to be worth the amount of property around it amount of discussion yeah. and i mean talk about a letdown yeah but it's kind of it's it's watch the shining that's yes. what i was trying to get to is that there are films that do this concept better um i just i don't know why it's endured so much but amityville is i was just looking at the episodes it's the second I mean, it's the second most listened to episode in the run of Halloween episodes that we've done. Like, just putting the name on something. Like, if we just called every single episode title the Amityville something, the Amityville even Friday if we're in the fucking 13th. Easter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The Amityville Terminator. Like, it's the, we will get more downloads. There is something about that fucking name that endures. It, well, then, actually, so, if that yeah. is true... You 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 gotta watch your mouth. I gotta watch my mouth. We all gotta be a lot nicer to uh, fucking Amityville because. <laughs> oh yeah, apparently we're gonna piss off some people. Yeah, you're on Amityville, I think, mate. Uh, I think Amityville is enduring because of the cleverness of its marketing. So I think it's one of these instances where hype outstrips the actual quality of the film. Um, and you know, I can think of other examples like that. Um, I've even worked on some of them. Um, but for me, I, I think it was a clever marketing campaign around it. And that's why it's kind of got into the, the subconscious of people everywhere. Um, the one thing I will say in favour of Amityville, I mean, it doesn't change it in the ranking, but I do think actually the score is one of the better ones. Oh, yeah. Um, and it stood out, stood out for me a bit. So, like, if there was any plus to it, it'd probably be that. But... Um, I completely am 100% in agreement that it is bottom of the pack and I will never get those two hours back in my life. No, this is where I go ignorant and I can't remember the score. What was it? Can you like hum it or something? What was it? Or was it just more of a uh, soundscape? It, it, no, it wasn't. It was, um, if you remember, it was the kind of lullaby thing as the theme I with think the it kids' was... voices and then it gets more distorted as they as they go through. So it was... Um, um, uh, Lelo Schifrin, do you remember that? Actually, mm. we had this conversation about how the how the score was potentially more sophisticated than the film was. So actually, it, it belonged with another film. Yes, he's looking very. No, no, no. Right the, 
the conversation absolutely re- it rings a bell. <laughs> it did happen. Um, what doesn't ring a <laughs> bell is any of the music. Not. No, ironically, yeah. Fair enough. But I just wanted to say, <laughs> I agree. One, go one listen. Positive. Go listen to the playcast the playlist. Yeah, yeah listen, listen to, to Albert's oh, playlist. Yeah. Oh, we, we got to go. plug that as well. But definitely, one thing that Amityville had was it had the best little good boy of the entire series. Oh, the goodest the little goodest good little boy. boy, and that family would be dead as shit if not for that dog absolutely saved the day in fact that's quite a contrast to the other horror films which usually unfortunately kill the dog or dogs or yeah or they are the killers yeah exactly it's not very good um so we're happy that friday the 13th slash nightmare on elm street goes next as it goes in my brain i would make the argument that friday would go next um i would as well yeah I would. I. I. I don't have the. Even though, if you listen back to our episode on Nightmare on Elm Street, you break us. You absolutely shatter our our little hearts. Yes. When we're like, you know, we initially start with, I oh, love yeah, it. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it's good. It's scary. You know, the finger knives and everything. And by the <laughs> end of it, we're just like, fuck Wes Craven. Fuck this film. Um, <laughs> this is terrible. And everyone who's seen this film, we're all terrible. Good night. <laughs> Fuck these guys. Fuck everyone that made see, this film. <laughs> see, on reflection, I think I just got um, sucked into Ian's head too much. And actually, I was right <laughs> in the first instinct. And actually, I did quite enjoy it. I don't think it's the best film, but I think I agree that Friday the 13th is bottom, yeah. second from bottom. I mean, that's um, what counts, to be honest. It, yeah. <laughs> it just dragged on forever. And again... There was a logic thing to it that just really annoyed me, which was at the end was like the final girl. Oh, yes, of course. There's all these de- dead bodies and you're the person that survived. But, you know, we're not going to suspect you at all. Um, but I did like the the Mrs. Vory's reveal because, again, I didn't know about that. And um, that kind of was a nice twist on the, the big bad. Um but yeah, it's still a terrible film. Sorry. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's boring. It now, in fairness, I don't mind saying any of this because the filmmakers will tell you exactly the same thing that we're saying. It was a complete rip on the success of Halloween. It was let's just knock something out as quickly as possible. It was relative. I might have to correct myself in the episode we did on it, but it was relatively late the day they, they kind of stumbled on the Friday the Thirteenth thing. Um. Or yeah, it was kind of how do we hook this into Halloween somehow? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth has nothing to do with Halloween. It's just unlucky. Yeah, in exactly. Which is nonsense. Um, but uh, yeah, so but Albert, as you said, Pamela Voorhees completely saves this film from potentially being the bottom of the list. Yeah, it's just a shame she's not in it more. So what this film is missing is a Michael Myers, or I don't know. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> it's, it's missing a big bad to relate to because for most of the film, it's totally faceless POV person killing horny teens. And uh, I need something a bit more to grab onto. Um, hey, pun intended. Um, yeah, definitely. With the exception of potentially uh, not including Pamela, but with the exception of maybe Kevin Bacon's death, there's none that are really memorable. Maybe yeah. the axe. Yeah, no, the axe and the bacon death is pretty cool. Uh, uh, bacon death. Oh, what a way to go. <laughs> death, death by bacon. Again, though, bacon. another common Skewered. thing here. I actually think the score is pretty good in this film. Um, and one of my favourite pieces of music is um, actually not a horror theme at all. It's when 
um, they're driving to the camp and they've got this kind of country music on the background. It's like a banjo piece. That was actually written by... by um what's his name harry manfredini um which i think is a brilliant piece of music so again that's on the playlist but it's it's so out of character to the rest of the film that it's brilliant um so yeah i really like the score in it. and if you remember there's like hints of 80s since and actually in the inverse of all the other films it went from being really discordant to actually being really melodic at the end whereas all the other ones start melodic and end up kind of scratchy violins so yeah again the score was better than the film but it still doesn't change my mind i'm so glad that you went first because i was about to really commit and say well at least we can all agree that the score to this was pants because again i can't remember it but i honestly oh, come thought on. It... the theme to friday is actually a it's famous good. one what is it hum it kick it kick Oh, that's not a theme. That's oh, the... yes. It, it, uh, that's like... It, all right, yeah. So 33 the films and counting, and that's the... Okay, well, not that much. So it's but the... no, it's instantly recognisable. Instantly. Right, it's the theme to Psycho. <laughs> oh, there is, is actually... Not Psycho. Um, no, is it no, Psycho? No, but actually, to, sorry to agree with you, and uh, Albert, um, uh, maybe there's... You've got words for this, but the... Uh, staccato? Yes, yeah? yes. There is a good bit of that violence, but they do where Psycho, uh, Bernard Herrmann is fantastic. As in, he just does the staccato violins. This one, it has that, but then it also sounds like somebody's falling down the stairs with the entire brass section as well in between <laughs> each of those kind of stabbing sounds. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, is a good, it is a good score. Um, I'm going to... You know, Good. Right. Agreed. I've got to stay there on that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's inter- it's interesting. It's not one of the the key kind of Halloween themes that we would remember clearly. I mean, you'll remember what the Halloween theme is like. You'll remember what the Exorcist theme is like. Um, but actually, yeah. Friday, Friday the Thirteenth is a bit underrated in my book. Um, so yeah. But again, the film is pants, so it's another case of yeah, film is score, score out strips pants. Yeah, <sighs> right. Where are we going next? Texas. Uh, Texas? Yeah, yeah it oh, is Texas. No. Agreed. Oh, I'm totally no, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah, it's I, fine. You can I, be I'm wrong. Di- absolutely. Di- you're you're telling me Nightmare on Elm Street is better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh, yes. Oh, you're yes. wrong. No, which you're is wrong. odd. It, it's odd because I think I dislike Friday the Thirteenth. Damn it! Mother front door! I dislike Nightmare on Elm Street more than you dislike it. But, yeah, no, it's definitely Texas next. Oh, absolutely no. No, Texas Chainsaw is a masterpiece. No, the film is 75% of nothing and then Home Invasion. uh, But it does it (laughs) perfectly. Like, that does tension. So... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make my case. I, I, might, I might die in the sill, but I'll make my case. Okay, so it's very different from, say, the obvious front runners of this list in that it, you're right, you're very right in that there's much less plot going on. It's more about setting, it's more about mood, absolutely. But it's got some of the best extended performances. Uh, Marilyn Burns is amazing as Sally Hardesty. You really, really feel for these characters who are wafer thin, absolutely wafer. Like you know nothing about these characters, and yet when, when, like there are the obvious ones that you don't really care about. You know, sorry, 
guy with the afro like absolutely no problem he was superfluous but it did shock well some of the films on this list don't do shock well at all and it's just like oh just get over it whereas this was this was a complete assault on the senses and i i would never say to somebody if you want an enjoyable evening stick on texas chainsaw oscar like i'm i'm fool in that respect um, yeah, but the horror genre is probably the wrong place to go for that well, evening that's, anyway. That's, I mean, sorry, yes, for a large part, you're <laughs> right. Um, but for me, this was a very, very pure expression of that time in American history. Um, I, know what I'm saying. I, I am obsessed with that period in American history. It depicts the hopelessness of America in the early 70s, of the world in the early 70s, the absolute death of the dream of free love and, you know, trust, Jesus Christ, you don't trust anyone in this film. And it's so perverted and it takes no, no chances whatsoever that you could in any way empathise with any of the villains. The ending is so stark, but not in a kind of a droopy, oh, it's done kind of way. It's, you are literally left shocked by what you have just seen. And I, it, you know, the mark of a good film is not that it shocked you, but it affected you. And this film affected me more than most of the others on this list. I will, like, I, I won't attempt to say that this is my number one because it isn't, but it is definitely not third from the bottom. Definitely not. So, so Texas is third from the bottom. Where is Friday the 13th? <laughs> Friday the 13th is right, second so, from the bottom, as we have I, just spent. <laughs> you mean Nightmare, don't you? Ian, will you keep notes? No, no, no. I, I, I meant Friday. Um, uh, I see where you're coming from. I do. Uh, I really like the ending to Texas. Um, there's kind of like some stuff at the beginning that I have a lot of... Uh, so, it is like so many films just mashed into one. It doesn't really pick a lane, does it? It does a lot of social commentary. Then it does standard slasher final girl. And then it just has this really odd ending. Um, it is such a scatterbrain piece of film that it's either deliberate and brilliant or not oh, really I well thought so through. Deliberate. I think every, um, absolutely every moment of that film is crafted. Might not be crafted. I, I will concede and say it might not be crafted perfectly. Like There are better made films on this list for sure but i do mm. think everything was designed to be in its place where it was like i couldn't yeah. tell you one that any of the kids have because that was definitely not the point of the film and no. you could be shot today for trying to write a film like this like you'd be like this is not a script get out of my classroom and take your bastard of a script with you which yeah but that's it's not about that it's about this unassuming you know, these are the nice. No, it's kids. not. But this is before Scream. This is before like this became kind of almost past. No, pastiche—the wrong word there. I'm just trying to sound smarter than I am. Um, but it just—it really. Do you know what you said? It said it best. Home invasion. This was a home invasion to every single person who watched this film. That's what this was, and it was. They came out of nowhere. Yes, it's set in rural Texas, of course, but they came out of nowhere, and in a very perverse, fucked-up way, they are just a family. 
They are just a family, and this is how they live. Yeah. <laughs> just minding their own business. But I say that really tongue-in-cheek, because it... They haven't, yeah. All of these kids stumble onto these people. Like, even the the father warns them away. It says, "Don't, don't go there." His conscience won't. I think other other films will trick people into going to the house, but he's like, "Nope, stay away," because I know what's going to happen to you. Uh, it will happen. I'm not. I don't really want it to happen though. Um, ah, just what Albert? Can you articulate it better than I can? What? puts this so low on the list. Surprising I mean, Sean is more passionately into this than I expected. So, so This is a surprise. So, so my take on it is, like with a lot of the films towards the bottom half of the list, I enjoy the conversation <laughs> more than I enjoyed the film because when you have all that context that, you know, little misexposition gives us every week, then, then it starts <laughs> to, you know, feel like something more worthy than it is but as a watch i just remember like literally dozing off in the middle third of the film because nothing was happening um i do think leatherface is probably one of the more intriguing bads big bads in in the films we've watched and it was kind of in a way i almost felt like it wasn't horror it was more of a black comedy to me and you know there were some real surreal moments in there um at, like it kind of went almost a bit beetle juicy towards the the end with sort of the granddad and, <laughs> with the dinner yeah and the the armchair made out of bones like the it was it, it is sort of like three acts of very different filmmaking put together and yes yeah. it's deliberate and i get that um but it doesn't make it good I, I don't. I don't think it was terrible. I Talk about damning watchable. something with praise. Um, but one of the things. That... Oh, damning! If I if I ever ever make a film and somebody just calls it watchable, I'll just stop. Like, tell me you hated it or tell me you loved it. Don't tell me it was literally a thing that happened. Okay, if I'm honest, <laughs> if I was watching this by myself, I would have turned off halfway through. Oh, yeah, I get it. I wouldn't have done because I know. I know Leatherface as a as a part of horror, but as part of the genre, yeah. so I would have been intrigued to see how it ends. But if I knew nothing about Texas Chainsaw, etc., if I didn't know the title of the film, I probably would have joined you. Like when they're on, probably either before um, Strange Man with the Penknife turns up, or somewhere afterwards when they're at the summer house. I probably would have zoned out then, or I would have been on my phone. Um, it it's just a bit. I think it's a bit too random, isn't it? I think the it's not. You're right. It's a comedy. It, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's a it's, scary. It's horror not film. a mainstream horror movie. It's more of an art house film, I think. And I would definitely. And Sean's looking at me with like no, e- no, no, evil no, in I his eyes. Him that it's an art house. It is definitely. It's yeah. So so maybe it's not. It's not fair to rank it because actually it's so different to all the other films, um, which were more kind of commercial plays that actually. Yeah. Um, but when I was preparing for this episode, I was kind of writing down all the films, and it was the one I couldn't remember. I had to go and check. Oh. And check. So that'll kind of tell you how much of an impression it made on me. You Sorry. know the way. Sorry, after. No, you know the way after women <laughs> give birth, their bodies are flooded with that kind of hormone that helps them to forget because they've just been through such a trauma. I think that's what happened to you, Albert, uh, because possibly yeah. you managed to forget Texas Chainsaw. Dude, you could bottle and sell that. 
<laughs> I do remember when we recorded our podcast, which was straight after watching the film, Ian and I were just yeah, like silent afterwards. for 10 minutes going, what the fuck was that? Um, yeah, it was like, life? well, what did what we just watch? Reality? Yeah, you were so like, I, I will, the, the only reason that I won't uh, throw a hissy fit and hang up the call right now and like, I'll go with the majority is because I know it's only going this low on the list because you were so disturbed by it. You just want to get it over and done with and you don't want to talk about it anymore. And that's okay, guys. That's okay. Yeah, we, okay. we can say that. We can settle for yeah, that. That's fine. I'm fine with that's that. Whatever fine. makes you feel better. It's definitely third from bottom. But, but, so, but Sean, I applaud your love of the film. And it explains <laughs> a lot about your character and why we love you. Yes, yes it would. Yes, it would. Um, to all of my neighbours out there, sorry about the cats, but it was the cats of the kids. So, all right. <laughs> But I mean, let's just talk about Jesus Christ. Oh, now we're doing oh, the. Only all right, way so now. we're going to the Exorcist now, are we? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. We went two different ways there. Um, but I mean, for a second, let's just talk about the score to the um, to to the uh, to the Texas Chainsaw, isn't it? I mean, it's a it's a score. It's um, it's a thing. It helped me out. <laughs> I can't remember this one either. I, Is this no, the one that didn't I, have one? I don't either, and that'll tell you something. There you go. <laughs> There is one, but I couldn't. I couldn't hum a note. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, I feel better. Good. Cool. So, what's up next? Nightmare. Are we Are we at Nightmare on Elm Street yet? Yeah. Yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair to put Nightmare before Texas either. Uh, maybe they're jo- maybe lower. They're, maybe they're joint third from the bottom. Nah. Really? Nah. It's all right. Piss C- commit people. to your crimes. <laughs> Um, but uh, the okay, so for me, the reason I would reverse them is that I feel Robert England is fantastic as Freddy. I think he's really good. He's mm. genuinely menacing. He's scary, and I love the idea of Nightmare. But the rest of the acting in the film just oh, it's so hard to forgive a lot of it. Yeah, it's, I it's, think it, the act. Sorry, I think the acting in Texas is worse. You're wrong. It's bad mm. in Nightmare. But I honestly think it's worse no, in Texas. I mean, I, I, there's many things I will allow, but now you can have your third from the bottom, but you are wrong to say that the acting is better in Nightmare. Uh, Albert? Um, I'm not, oh, you got to pick gonna, one. I'm not going to wade into this one. I'm not sure. No, no, I, I think you got to pick one of your boys. Um, the acting is worse. Go on. It, the acting is worse in Nightmare, I think. Yes! No! It's fine, you can both be wrong. <laughs> well, fine. Especially, we're hating on Johnny Depp after today's news that actually he is a... The court has supported the fact that he's a wife-beater, so therefore he's gone down in the, in the bad books today. Oh, so we know we know who's actually in the right on this podcast then. Good. Mm. I can't remember whose side I was on. <laughs> Sean's. <laughs> so let's talk about the ending of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um... Was it? It was Bob Shea. It was the producer. I, I just don't get the logic. It doesn't make any sense in the context of the rest of the film. Like, if you want your spooky ending, yeah, sorry. Exactly. I think I, I, I was so intrigued by the concept of this film when I realised while watching it what it was about because I had no kind of preamble on it, um, and it felt like a missed opportunity. And that ending just really... If, if they'd cut out the last five minutes, I probably would have ended up liking the film more. Um, but I agree with Sean that, you know, Robert England is an intriguing and menacing 
um, actor who brings Freddy to life probably like no one else could have. Um, so, you know, that definitely wins out for me on the on the acting front. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but overall, I think that the rest of the performances are just a bit crap. The performances are a bit pants, and the story itself falls apart for me. Like, talk about things going a bit Beetlejuice. I mean, half of this film must be set in the Beetlejuice universe. Um, there's some bits that are genuinely scary, but then when you've got the car, the convertible car that's got Freddy's jacket on it, it uh, chuck it out the window. It, 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 there's a really, really good film in there, and I'm not saying it needs to be as serious as Halloween, but... Ah, just give me some logic to hold on to and couple that with some good performances and this could have been right up there at the top for me. And this is where we christened this is where we christened you uh, intensely analytical <laughs> nerd, right? Because you were just like poking yeah. holes in it all day. Oh. I can't just have fun. I need to have some science behind my fun. That's just good sense, people. Even I think and I think I, I made this point to you at the time as well. Sorry, because I agree with you completely. This film, it's got more holes than Swiss cheese. But some of the sequels, they decide to go with that pure, let's just have a horror comedy. And I think Nightmare benefits more from the horror comedy. I know people then give out later on that it became self-parody, so there is a balance you need to strike. But I think the wisecracking Freddy is, you know, what you remember from these films. Yeah. You know, and um, that's probably why it's lasted as long as it has. Um, so kudos to Robert England for that. Yeah, and I can properly, properly picture um, Freddy. Like just yeah. as much as I can picture Michael Myers or anybody. Like I could have gone my whole life and not watched the films and still know exactly who that is. Which is it's a credit to a good character. And, which and is where I was, if you remember, I had exactly, never, and I knew what Freddy was basically. I had no concept of where he came from or any of that. So it was really interesting to fill that in. Um, the one thing I'd say, you know, again, a pro for this film, and it might seem like a strange thing considering I started this whole enterprise um, being scared of horror movies and gore and all that sort of stuff. This film piles on the gore. I mean, they basically blew the budget <laughs> blood. Yeah. And points it, and points it was it. the film where actually I felt like, right, I got some decent gore at long last. And of all <laughs> the films, I think it was the one that was most successful in that front. Um, and the the deaths were quite inventive, and I do think that bathroom bathtub scene was really menacing mm. and sticks sticks out in my brain of all the of all the um, the films. Um, but yeah, there are so many plot holes. There's so many nonsensical bits. The acting's a bit ropey, um, but it's still quite watchable, I think, as a film. So that's why I would rank it higher than texas um sorry sean i uh, don't you know what i'll uh, i i would definitely say that texas yeah it's like i said it's not the i have a selection of five films um for me to pick texas i don't know someone has really had to have pissed me off no uh yeah you'd watch nightmare <laughs> and you can kind of get along with the fun of it yeah I'd love to edit the film differently, so have less snip out some of the Earth stuff that happens, some of like the regular human people stuff. Yeah. Snip that out and focus on Freddy a little bit more. I think that would be good. Can I predict who's going to go 
who's going to do what next. So I think that Albert is going to go for Halloween next, and I think Sean is going to go Omen. Albert? Correct. For me. Yeah, I thought so. I'm going Halloween next. You son of a bitch! You were my holdout. I can't have Halloween this low down. Well, there's only two... It is a classic. It is. I know, oh, it, and it's it's like it's it really is a film of two halves and nightmare. Uh, oh, sorry, a list of two halves and nightmare. Um, Halloween is it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. It launched careers. It launched a bloody genre. Um, that score, OMG. That score by the yeah. score. I mean, if Ian can remember the score, I mean, it is only three notes, but it's this is true. phenomenal. Uh, and it's, it's stunning. <laughs> it's great. And it's incredibly simple. And Albert, jump in and help me here because it just looks like I've run over Ian's dog. Oh, man. Um, so Halloween will have a special place in my heart because it's the first film we watched together. And yeah. Made me realise that actually, oh, you know what? Maybe these horror movies aren't as bad as I thought. Um, Watching you watch Halloween was a gift. Yeah, that was good. Because yeah. it it was so clear it was your, if not your uh, first, one of your very earliest exposures to horror, and to see the revelations of your face of finding a new genre and just being very surprised that this film's got some depth to it. it yeah, it's more than just a slasher flick. Yeah. And I think um, it's clever, it's inventive. I love all the foreshadowing. Um, you genuinely like Laurie and her friends. You know, you actually have some sort of sympathy for them. Um, it's 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 an interesting watch. I actually think, so, yes, it's third on the list, but I think the top three are so bloody close. Um, you know, it's literally it's a two different finish. lists. It really is. And I think this is the challenge, isn't it, always, of ranking, is, like... Yeah. You know, if we were to, if we were to rank the best horror movies that have religious um, tones to them, then we'd be probably in a, <laughs> a much different place. But um, <clears throat> I really liked it. I... I was very intrigued by Michael Myers. Um, I loved the the kind of behind the scenes stuff again that that Sean shared with us. It just made it come to life much more for me. Um, I think it's a really important piece of filmmaking, um, and I think it, it is. It, yeah, it, it kicked, kickstarted a genre. Um, so I agree that I don't want it to be third, but I kind of have to put it there just based on the two films that are left um so yeah but it's 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 a very close finish for me because i did really really enjoy it except for all the walking and telephones (laughs) you know what i think i'm colored by as anybody that follows follows us or me on twitter i've become quite fond of halloween 2018 in that i think i've seen it four times in the last week I might be coloured by how good that film is, that the pacing in that film is better. Um, I, it's a more satisfying film overall, and it has an extremely satisfying conclusion. Um, 
yeah, it might have, it might be putting some rose tinted glasses because when we watched Halloween this time round, because I've seen it so many times, it is boring. I hate calling films I, I, boring, but the yeah. first hour is fairly dull. There's some crucial setup. In fact, the first five minutes, fantastic, bloody awesome, with the car and the escape from the asylum and whatnot, brilliant. The, that that following fifty minutes is a bit ugh, dull. Walking, driving, smoke some weed, uh, and then the ending is just electric. Um, so yeah, I get it totally. I think I, I will have to see that third is probably the right place for it. I think, and actually, what you're saying as well about that the the dull bit of the film, um, I, like without the music, a lot of the film just doesn't work. Uh, and that's not I, I, I don't mean that in a kind of a it's badly made. That's not what I mean at all. It's because it's become so. The, the music is a character and the, the yes. ca- that character is more fleshed out than a lot of the other characters in the film and it helps yeah. the film in that it's iconic and will always be and it's fantastic and it sort of hinders the film is that like if in some way you could imagine the sound levels were off you'd be like oh my god can this just end <laughs> no i want to watch the film without the score no, you don't because I want to, I want to. No, I know I don't, but I want to watch it to see how bad—not how bad it is, but how long. I know how much of a difference it will make, and I w- and I want to experience that. I'd say it would be long. Well, one thing that for the, the, I'm not sure if you've seen Rob Zombie's remake, and some people love the remake, some people love the remake. I somewhere in the in the middle. It's perfectly fine. It is definitely a Rob Zombie film. But what he tries to do is inject a lot of backstory and he tries to fill those gaps. And I have to say... I just don't need it. I mean, yeah, because I think the opening scene of John Carpenter's one tells you all you need to know. Psycho Kid. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, yeah. But it is probably better... Just because I... It's better paced, you know what I mean? Because it kind of... Because we are now... We are spoiled by having films that have plots to them, you know? And Halloween, <laughs> God love them. Not much of a plot on Halloween. No, it is man with yeah. knife stabs people. <laughs> For no particular reason. Like I was actually hoping that 2018 would give us a bit more. And it's almost like it wanted to. But it still is just man with mask stabs people. Still really good though. Yeah. It's still brilliant, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite, more than my favorite deaths is what? What? One of my favorite deaths is the the boyfriend getting stabbed in the kitchen. Oh, it's so enjoy. good! It's so good, Bob. Because it starts at the feet, and the feet are hovering, and he's like, yes. oh, "That's odd." Oh, yes. that's why. Yes. So you know, I definitely that will stick out in my memory for me. Oh, and the score! The score is so good that I can hand on heart say the score is good for this one. It I remember is, it. You could flip a coin and say. The score for Halloween and the score for The Omen are the top two scores of the films that we watched in October. Oh, but I can't Thanks. remember the score to The Omen either. What? I remember there's some. I remember there's. Sure, I remember there's airy fairy stuff in the field, and then there's like the synthy bit at the birthday party, and then it's really dark. But I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember specifically. I couldn't hum any of it. I think my brain is just wired wrong or differently. I think it must be. Sorry. So. So Ave Satani, uh, it's one of the what, great what was... themes. Jerry Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah, no, that bit. Yeah, no, I remember that, but that's not, like, throughout the film. That's the opening, uh, it, isn't it? It, it crops up quite Does a it... bit. No, you're right, there is some very quiet bits. Um, even... Yeah. 
Sometimes I'll put that on in my ears if I'm going for a walk or something and I'm just like, oh, if anyone knew. <laughs> you just, I really hope that at some point, if you do that enough, you do eventually see a priest or a vicar run across the street into a park and it just makes no sense to anybody but you. So, wh- what? <laughs> I love it. Uh, so is the omen next? Yeah, it's the omen next for me anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. So personally, I I prefer the Omen to the Exorcist, but uh, it's not a battle I'm going to win. So I'm just kind of collectively agreeing. Um, why? Let's just take them both. So yeah, Omen's Omen's number two. Exorcist is number one. Why does Exorcist beat the Omen for you guys? God, I think it changed Albert's life. So Albert, you take this one. I I'm not even going to ask Albert because it has changed who he is as a person. I mean, yeah, it's 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 hard to quantify. Um, it's just you know when you just watch a film and and it's like, oh my god, why have I not come across this before? It was just the most genius piece of filmmaking I'd seen in a long time. Um, and the bit that stuck with me more than anything isn't the the crucifix or the you know hovering off the bed or any of that stuff it's actually that opening sequence um in iraq i um, love it it's so just out of nowhere isn't it so out of nowhere so clever so full of symbolism um and i've since like read up more on the film and i'm even more sort of intrigued by it um i love the kind of um the production elements of it you know really bring the story to life the acting in it, I think, is sensational. Um, to get like, you know, an actress of what twelve years of age to be able to portray what she portrayed is just nothing short of amazing filmmaking. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's brilliant. It's intriguing. It stays with you. It screws with your mind. Again, I think it's you know we talked a little bit about this on the pods where we um, or on the episodes where we we talked about a film, but when you grow up in a very Catholic um, upbringing, this film really messes with your head um, and sort of plays into a lot of those fears that are part of the whole kind of Catholic Church dogma and doctrine. Um, Maybe that's part so- of why it hasn't had exactly the same effect on me because that is totally alien to me um i'm not saying you have to have had that upbringing to appreciate it but so for me it's not as punchy i'm i maybe focus more on um reagan reagan whichever one the president isn't um and what she's doing rather than the 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 religion around it i think yeah maybe to agree with albie here so i had a catholic upbringing as well um and there are bits in the film where you just you just know that like that's wrong like you just don't do that you know the desecration in the church the desecration obviously yeah. of reagan but even more so than just oh my god this little girl is in so much trouble we I presume we will talk about the omen at some point as well but oh my god this uh, this little girl is in <laughs> you know such a, a horrible situation but then she comes out with let jesus fuck you and I remember going like, I'm, I, I am still uncomfortable with that as a sentence. And now it's a while since I was near a church, I can tell you. But it's just that it's just so baked into your mind that you just don't say these things. 
that when you see a little girl saying it as well, it, it just is an extra layer almost to it. And that that's why it hit me, not because necessarily because of the religious stuff, but because it was a little girl saying it. And I don't know how you put that in a... I don't know if you put that in a movie today and get away with it. That It was just... it shock. It is the definition of shocking to see a little girl doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And a little girl in the 70s doing that. Yeah. Um, and... Dropping C-bombs. I didn't think that that word existed in the 70s. I thought Guy Ritchie made it. Guy Pearce. Um, Damn yeah, it, I think Guy Pearce. Wait. Which... <laughs> I got my guys confused. Which one made all of the films? No, Guy... no you were right. You were right. It was Guy Ritchie. Guy Pearce is the actor. Guy Ritchie, yeah, Guy yeah. Ritchie is the director. Right, Guy Pearce is memento. Guy Ritchie. Yeah, yeah. carry on. I'm going to go to bed. See you later, guys. You've done very well. You've done very well to get this far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up that that thought, I think when you're brought up Catholic, you have a whole kind of moral code that's built around religion and around what the church says is right or not. And this film just screws with that on such a level that it kind of shakes you to your core. And even someone, you know, like Sean, I'm also lapsed and, you know, I have lots of issues with the church. But when it's something that's so foundational to your upbringing, um, it's really, really disturbing. Um, and intriguing and sort of taboo in a way that's entertaining almost um so i think that that for me but then also the you know we got into this again in that specific episode where we talked about pazuzu as a as an entity and the fact that he predates all you know the church and all pretty much all the religions and that sense of you know it's all it almost has a sort of a, a reality to it because it is based on an actual demon um, that, you know, people were scared of many thousands of years ago. So I think the way it brings together like almost prehistory and sort of more modern history and completely screws with your mind um, is just nothing short of genius. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I could just talk for hours about this. I do think The Omen though is a very, very strong second place yeah. finisher. So you've stumbled on something there that I didn't realise I appreciated, and that's that Pazuzu is an actual demon, and that gets into my insanely what was it in um, uh, analytical intensely analytical intensely analytical word. because it's not just hey random demon is doing demon things. Here's the logic. Here's the history. Here's why he's doing it. Everything in The Exorcist has a reason. So even modern films, um, and I think the one in Sinister has a, has a name or Insidious, but Amityville, Random Demon. Most of the films are just Random Demon doing random haunting things. And that frustrates the what-sits off me. I want to know why the place is being haunted other than a bunch of murders happened in it. And, and The Exorcist gives that to you. Yeah, The Exorcist is... Yeah, absolutely. It does that idea of similar to some more modern films of it's not the house that's haunted it's the person and that is yeah. scary what what do you do you know you you need help because moving away which is you know when you're like oh my god the house is haunted move you know yeah, leave like, yeah go go live in a motel for a while see if that helps yeah. but like just put the child up for adoption somebody will adopt it and it will oh shit that's the omen no you can't even do that yeah. oh that's true yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a similarity there with the omen because it's the the rules are very defined. This is the son of Satan. You've got three opposing powers: the 
I'm going to get this cocked up. The 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 Holy Ghost, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and then the opposing, the false prophet, the son of son of the devil, and the devil. Y- yes, Yay! got all of them. You're a so scholar. It's a, it's a it's it's a balance, isn't it? Um, it, there's a good set of rules, and they follow the rules, and I really like it. The the only rule they don't really explain is the dog thing. Is to speak with dogs. Oh, um, well, I, I don't know if this is true. I think it's the the hounds of hell. I think it's that idea. Yeah. Um, right. And it certainly it like it works. I think of the two films, um, because they're both so well made. This feels like a big massive criticism of the Omen, which I don't mean it to be. But of the two films, the Omen is the popcorn film. The Exorcist is the I will study this in college film. But that's of those two films. That is not to say that The Omen is, you know, in, in any way not a good film or, you know, something you just throw on in the background, even though I have done that many times. I Seriously, guys, I need help. <laughs> Please help. I, I don't think you can call either of them... I get where you're coming from, but I don't think you can call either of them popcorn films. Um, there's so much to take away in The Omen. And I, I think there's more... There's as much, if not more, emotion in The Omen... Um, because what, um, I've forgotten his name, sorry, um, Hawthorne, that, no, that is his name, it's Hawthorne, isn't it, the main, the dad? Oh, sorry, Thorne, yeah, Robert Thorne. No, just Thorne, isn't it, Robert Thorne, Thorne. yeah, that's it, um, the spectrum that he goes through of joy, well, deceit at the beginning, joy, um, uh, denial, then acceptance that I'm going to have to kill the kid. Denial again that this is a ridiculous thing. I'm not going to kill a child. To acceptance again. I'm going to have to kill the child. It, oh, and I don't think it works with a lesser actor. No, but Gregory the character, Peck. Yeah. Gregory Peck. Just absolutely. That that film is Gregory Peck and um, the man who I've met but can't remember his name. Da- Damien. I'm bad with scores and actors' names. Harvey Stevens. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's made by them too. And I think the, the character's still well written. It's still really, really good, and those words will work in somebody else's mouth. But it's it's the ensemble, isn't it? It's pulling it all together. Yep. I mean, Gregory Peck is by far the the standout actor of all the films for me. I Agreed. Mean, he is just it's just like watching a masterclass in acting. Yeah. Um, so you know that's why I, I again I say it's such a close. Um, second place because he was just intense but he never overacts and when he does overacts it's you know on purpose and very um, effective mm. um, but I also uh, really love the, the performances in the in the Exorcist as well especially the, the priests I thought were particularly effective um, so yeah the so power of Christ death- compels you it compels you yes um yeah, so the, you know, The Exorcist and The Omen, I would watch again several times over. Be very happy doing so out with yeah. Wikipedia or IMDb and be following along and and kind of getting into the the actual filmmaking side of it more. Um, you know, if you remember with The Exorcist, I was so taken by it that I finished the theatrical cut and watched the director's cut straight afterwards. Even though and there's again, very little difference, yeah, very, very little difference. Yeah. But I. Yeah, but I loved it even more yeah. the second time. And that was like literally four hours of The Exorcist back to back. Um, so Worth it. Yeah, worth it. And, you know, 
as I said in the episode, it catapulted into my top ten like very very quickly. Um, the Omen absolutely fucking love that score. Jerry Goldsmith is a genius. Um, it's it's my favourite score of all the films. I think. Um, even more so than Halloween for me. Um, I agree just because with that. it is a kind of a, well, again, it is a classic it, score that is yeah, yeah. It's a classic score. Um, Halloween's more inventive and you know kind of more specific to the genre. But my God, Jerry Goldsmith can spin a, a theme, um, and he does it brilliantly in The Omen. Um, and I I really love Damien as a as a big bad, and he's my favorite of the big bads. I think of all the films. Just because he never, he never does, he never does. No, except he look, doesn't. Except look at the camera in a funny way, and it's and has an anxiety attack. Out. That's all he does. Yeah, but I love it. Oh I yeah, love it. I was going to say has an anxiety attack. What is dad's trying to kill him? No, the church with you. Sorry, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> when he's coming up to like, the church, arguably, <laughs> arguably fair. Yeah, but no, I'm with you. Um, uh, yeah, yeah I, it's. Oh, I could so. Omen, Omen narrowly beats it for me. Um, it's just a, it's a bit more entertaining. It's a bit easier to watch for me. I like the mystery in it. There's not much of a mystery in Exorcist. There's a lot of, yeah, symbolism and there's a lot of shock. Um, but there's a journey that um, Thorne is going on with his photographer um, to get to the bottom of this mystery. And I think I'm just a bit of a sucker for a good, good crime mystery, which it essentially is. Would you say that? Um, of the two, right? So they're both demons, devils, whichever. But of the two, I think Omen is the more overtly supernatural of the two. Uh, oh, without a d- yeah. Um, how? Um, not that I was going to n- say without a doubt, and then I pictured um, Regan floating Flo- and her head spinning. And yes, I think they're both pretty overt. Uh, but you have possessing dogs, you have that kind of thing. I think the reason that Exorcist... There's more variety. There is more variety. I think the reason that Exorcist... It's because... How do I describe this? With the omen, a dog is possessing the nanny, and and I love it, I don't mean that in any kind of disparaging way. With the Exorcist, you have been down every single analytical route that these characters have gone down that by the time she rises off the bed, you absolutely believe that's what would happen in that moment. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I think, Ian, to agree with you, I agree Omen is the more enjoyable film, perhaps, but I think Exorcist is the better made film. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I do agree. Yeah, I think it's it is be- better put together, definitely. Um, it's a it's a tighter story as well. It's more contained. Um, the Omen does go. It loses me a little bit when they change locations so much and they go to Italy. I almost would have preferred that they kept it in America or London, sorry, in England. Um, yeah. It kind of goes a bit globe trotty, doesn't it? Um, whereas the majority of the Exorcist is just in that house, just in, in bedroom, that bedroom. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Love it. Um, anything else you want to gush about? This is your not your last opportunity, but your, your best opportunity to gush about it, Albert. Um, only to say, you know, I, I've already said it on on the episode, but like I will be eternally grateful to you two all windbags for making me do this <laughs> um, and for introducing me to all these films. But um, yeah, the the exist for me will stay with me for a long long time um yeah and i will go back i will go back to 
a lot. Um, and it's just one of those films that, like I said a little while ago, you watch it and it just connects with you in a way that almost feels supernatural. Um, so yeah, so maybe I've, I've just been possessed by The Exorcist, and I think that's okay. The, the outcome of now. this whole, the outcome of this whole exercise, yeah. Oh my god, I'm glad you can't see the video because Albert's head is spinning and he's reaching for a crucifix. Don't <laughs> put that down. Put it down. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. oh my god. Oh, if we could only gonna... see what we're oh. seeing. Oh. oh, my eyes, my eyes. Um, uh. So if I, I wish I'd had some foresight and predicted the order that, and we might do, do this for another category that we, we take you through. I wish I predicted the order of films that you would have ranked them in. I oh. wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have put The Exorcist at the top. I wouldn't have guessed it would have this impact. Uh, and I love it. I absolutely love that. That's, that is just brilliant that's such a it's such a joy to expose somebody to to something they now love it's brilliant um i, ca- I quite want to do the big bad chat so you you honestly you, damien's your man he's number one for me yeah i think it's just something disquieting about him because he never does anything and f- basically acts like just a normal little kid would um you know except when he's uh, possessing dogs and talking to nannies into jumping off buildings <laughs> and stuff like that. But um, and also, you know, I, I stand by the fact that he was the way they cast him was brilliant as well because he he just looks like a normal kid. He doesn't have that kind of Hollywood sheen about him. Because um, even I felt like Regan had a bit of that, um, whereas Damien just genuinely looks like they plucked you know a random kid off the street to play. Him. He'll do. Um, yeah, Regan yeah. in human so form I, I, can overact a bit, can't yeah. he? Yeah, so I think, you know, it's definitely Damien Top for me. Um, I, I, th- I think probably Freddy's number two, if I'm honest, which might be a bit of a surprise. But I just found him bit, intensely. Yeah. I found him very charismatic, and yeah, I could see straight away why he was so iconic. Um and then probably rounding out that top three would be Mr. Myers because just that kind of faceless man, um, impossible to read, um, and the goddamn Captain Kirk mask, which I just love. And that's that's not even a myth. That is one hundred percent verified that's by the man myth. that that picked the mask. Um, what about yeah. you, Sean? What, what comes top for you? I think I know what it is. For, you, you probably do, yeah. For me, uh, for the impact it left me, it's Leatherface, number one for me. Um, because he scares me. I think that's maybe why I, I gravitate so much toward that film, is because yeah. it really, really, really unsettles me. Even as we were watching it together, like, yes, part of me was like, look at their reactions. But of course, that <laughs> gave me an excuse to not see what was happening. Yeah. Um, and so for me, well, he's a he's a weapon, isn't he? he he's he, not. There's... You don't have him on his own. He is a weapon and a tool being used by his family. Yeah. And that's scary because it, you can't reason with it. You can't reason with a weapon. It's going to bonk you on the head. Yeah. Like I mean. He's obviously you know he's portrayed as um, learning difficulties that you know he obviously look, the murders aside doesn't see life on the same uh, plane that say the the teenagers do, but 
he's abused and he's pointed in a direction by his family. And as you say, just like you let, you know, a mad dog off the leash, they put a weapon in his hand. So for me, it's Leatherface. Number two for me, probably Michael Myers. Um, Just, I have enjoyed the Halloween series probably more than... No, not more than... I I, I love the Omen series. I, I can't wait to see you guys' reactions to parts two and three. Mm. Um, the, the story of Damien is a good story. Yeah, so Leatherface 1, Michael Myers 2. Uh, Michael Myers 2, but saved by t- Halloween 2018. Um, yeah. And, and also, if you do, if you ever feel so inclined, Rob Zombie's Michael Myers is terrifying. He's about 11 foot tall, and he is, oh he is scary. I will say that. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I had a number three. Yeah, maybe, maybe Freddy with that glove. It's iconic, isn't it? Yeah. So for me, it's for me, it's Michael Myers, and I'm not even going to rank anyone else. Um, <laughs> nice. He is my horror man. Um, it, 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 I always compare him to the Terminator. He's just an unstoppable machine. The way he moves is very, very robotic. Um, it's like the head moves, and then the rest of the body goes with it. Uh, and it's almost like you can see this a lot in 2018 as well he's decided even if he's got a 20 minute journey he's decided what that destination is so there is a knife at the end of that 20 minute journey he already knows that's what he's going for he's just unstoppable i'm going to get to there i'm going to grab it he never runs i mean i haven't seen all of the halloween films but in the good ones, the two that I've seen, he doesn't run. He just walks, and that is more menacing. That's why slow zombies, I feel like, are uh, scarier than the fast-running zombies, because you should be able to escape from them, but you're not gonna. Like, they're gonna they're gonna get you, and he just... He's gonna get you. And it's so simple. It's just... It's a boiler suit and the mask. Love it. I absolutely love it. Yay, and horror. we all agree that the... Ha- <laughs> And we all, we all agree that the house in Amityville is like the worst big bad of all. I mean, oh, yeah, the misunderstood it's... genius of the film really um, get off. Uh, <laughs> just something I won't do while thinking of Amityville. Uh, yeah, we. Well, once again, Albert, it has been an awesome month. This felt like a much much better send off. Um, we need to get drafting the the films that we're going to cover off next year as well. I think, yeah, we'll move into like nineties and noughts and do something a bit more modern. I think, yeah, I cannot wait for you to see some of the nineties horror. It, it definitely is. <laughs> I'm I'm going to say this right now. I'm not going to say goodbye to you, Albert. I know we're going to find a way to wrangle you back in next week as well. So I'll hold off to that. You'll be like walking to the bathroom and we'll throw a Zoom call at you or something. <laughs> Um, have you seen Terminator? Yeah, could, what could do you, you think of you? Have you ever heard of sci-fi? <laughs> a sci-fi. Throw away, guys. You know, you know I'll, always be, I'll always be here and ready to answer your call. And just like Michael Myers, I can turn up in a bush anywhere. So uh, I'll come out, come out at I you. I mean, that's quite ironic, isn't it? <laughs> that didn't come out quite the way I meant it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or Freudian slip exactly the way you meant it. And that is... Well, oh, Jesus, do not do uh, not tell your husband that one. Uh, I won't. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, plug your... Um, hang on, let's use a different word. Promote oh, your Spotify e. playlist that you've done for us. Oh, yes. So I have put together um, 
the this is this is over an hour of gorgeousness. Yeah, well, gorgeousness is maybe not the word I use. Um, as part of my my journey through these films, I have been noting down the pieces of music that that have stuck with me along the way. So I put together a Spotify playlist, um, and thanks to um, Ian's brilliant copywriting, I just stole. Um, one of the episode titles as its name, which is Hogan's House of Halloween Horrors. So you should be able to find it on Spotify. Um, it's a mixture of score and then there's some um, pieces of music that are related to um, certain moments of the film. I think my favourite one is um, probably the best bit of Friday the 13th. The song that um, the people are singing at the camp at the start Um is actually a song about a guy who's on death row who murdered his lover um, as part of Menage a Trois and almost like foreshadows the whole film, which is quite cool. Um, That's so, so yeah, clever. check it out. Yeah, check it out. Um, it's not something you would put on in the background um, to help you relax. It's probably more of an intellectual <laughs> playlist. Um, and I'm going Duncan to. Duncan Ballantyne li- isn't going to be playing it at any of his spas anytime soon. <laughs> No, I don't think so. But I will be playing it in Ian's ear on repeat until he learns all the themes off by heart. So next year, when I throw one at him, he's got to be able, he's got to be able to sing it pitch perfect for me. Uh, not my tempo. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get abused into doing this now. Yeah, you are. That's I've already fine. picked our musical film that I'm going to make you watch, but I won't reveal oh, what it is God's now. Sake. I think we have to do you're gonna like Christmas, it. You're, don't we? you're you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. Love it. I'm currently doing the Marge grumbly voice. <laughs> Good. Right. Well, we were joking about Terminator, but that is actually what we're going to be covering off next week. Um, we're going to take a break from doing a theme or a genre in particular because I think we're going to go quite Christmas heavy in December. Mm. But we are gonna we're gonna tackle Terminator next week. So yeah, join in for that one. Um, me and Sean disagree on on the Terminator Terminator Two argument. I feel we will have a respectful and um, warm chat about why Ian is wrong. No, I yeah. Well, tune in next nah, week and you. we will we will see if we can <laughs> uh, if we can sway you. Cool, Albert, you're an absolute star. We'll probably see you in about a week's time, so there's not much point in saying goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 I fucked up my goodbye that time. Whoops. Bye. Thanks for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I, at least, would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Sean couldn't care enough to record this with me. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnglishIrishGTM. Email us at anenglishmanandanirishman at gmail.com. And check out our website, www.anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com where you'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find me on Twitter at Galactic underscore Dave and you'll find Sean at Sean Ferrick. Thanks for being awesome and we love you very much. Now, now that we've left a few seconds of silence there, probably have to wrap it up for a little while, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I say, there's there's no, no better way to, to observe a moment of silence than... Actually, physically saying, well, that was a moment of silence. I think so. <laughs> now I'm off to record another podcast. I know. Goodbye. I'm off to talk about in Bruges. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. Sean's now leaving to record a podcast that he obviously likes more than an Englishman and an Irishman. Um, to be fair to Sean, though, um, we would have done it if you were home one time and I, my Wi Fi didn't decide to spaz out. So. Am I the good thing. one? 
Jesus, I'm never the good one. The beautiful thing, Albert, is that because we were both at fault, we could have backed each other up and pinned this both on Sean. Um, but it's fine. We need we need to rehearse that a little bit more clearly. You see, I like I like to I like to keep you guys guessing which side I'm going to come down on. So that's fair. Uh, good 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 job so far. Good job. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'll get you Great. back later. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, you know, like we'll have another wink, wink connection problem at half eight. Um, well, sorry, Sean. If you'd been able to stick it out and do the podcast at seven o'clock, we wouldn't have this issue. Exactly. Well, at the minute, we've got a solid fifteen-minute episode. So, yeah, that's great. Actually, I probably should stop recording this, shouldn't I? Um, uh, no, okay. this is all going in the outtakes. It's fine. It's going, oh, good. Okay, that's cool. Grind. In which case, I'll just leave it recording. So, um, well, I'm going to. Now. Would you please prefer? Please, yeah, stop. okay. I've just.